Hello! A very warm Sunday morning welcome to you. You're listening to the Sunday edition of St. Mark Lutheran Church's podcast, recorded from the highest natural point in Bemidji, Minnesota. This is a practical daily dip into the Word of God, and we are excited that you have joined us to listen and consider it from whenever and wherever you are listening. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Our modest little podcast is published four times weekly. Three times during the week, we feature a short devotional, and on Sundays, we replay a Sunday sermon from our church, just like the one you'll hear shortly. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, may I suggest you take a peek at www.stmarksbemidji.org. You may also want to subscribe to our YouTube channel for video podcasts, friend us on our Facebook page, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. If you have any trouble finding us, just look at the show notes in this podcast for the link. I also want to hear from you. If you have any feedback on the podcast at all, or if you just want to say hi, drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. A quick plug for our weekday podcast before we get started. We are going through our daily prayer series on the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Each day, we will take a quick but thoughtful dive into a verse or two from one of these five potent accounts on the earthly ministry of Jesus and the early church. The last age of human history dawned on Pentecost. Now, God brings about a seismic shift in how He deals with us as mankind. As the Word made flesh, Jesus had represented the Father to the world during His life and ministry. Now, He has ascended. But the Lord Jesus has not left us alone. The victory march of the gospel has not been stopped. As promised, God sent another advocate to represent God to the world. On the day of Pentecost, he poured out his Holy Spirit to be our constant companion during the earth's last days. Our sermon for today is titled, My Peace I Give You, and is based on John chapter 14, verse 23 through 27. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. We now join Pastor Zamzo for the sermon. In the name of our risen Lord Jesus, who promises His people peace, Amen. The Lord Jesus promises peace, but the world promises peace too, doesn't it? It's a peace that the world, although it promises to give it, doesn't really know how. There are strategies, there's conflict resolution for developing and creating peace in the workplace. There's strategies and conflict resolution for trying to keep peace in a church 
or peace at home between parents and children or between spouses. There's promises of peace that exist between friends. We want to be even at peace within ourselves. And there's habits and there's strategies for fostering peace. There are counselors, there are advisors that can help bring about that peace in the home or resolve conflict among friends. There are meditation practices that people often use to develop inner peace. There are nations that have mottos like strength, peace through strength, excuse me. But even in such a motto, you find that the peace is not something that's going to last, or it's implied that it's not going to last, so that one needs to be strong, one needs to be prepared for when there is not peace. The fact that the world doesn't really know how to give peace is pretty obvious. We see conflict after conflict around the world seemingly with no end. There's always the threat of violence somewhere, whether it's between nations or within cities. Did you know that in the history, in recorded history, there have been over 8,000 peace treaties signed among countries? All of which have been broken in some way or another. The world promises to give peace. The world promises to give peace, to show peace. The world thinks that it knows what peace is, but it doesn't. It's like if you have a child that says, Mom, I want to grow up and be a professional basketball player. But you watch the kid and he's on the court and man, he's throwing the ball at the backboard and it's like brick after brick after brick. He wants to give it. He wants to do it. But he just doesn't know how. He thinks that he's good at it, but he's not. The world promises to give peace and it doesn't know how to give it. Jesus promises to give peace. And in the face of all the world's failed attempts at peace, when Jesus says, My peace I give you, do we believe Him? Do we understand what it is He means when He looks at His disciples and says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And today we're going to learn the truth of those words. That Jesus does not give as the world gives. That the peace that Jesus gives is different when Jesus looks at His disciples and we hear it here in His Word today, My peace I give you. He says He doesn't give peace as the world gives because He knows that we are going to look in the world for peace. And we are not going to find it. And rather, in our own foolishness, we value oftentimes the peace that the world promises to give. The peace that seems so tangible, so uh, in front of us, so able to be taken. Listen, do any of these things sound like you? If you only you would lose some weight and get in shape, then you would be at peace. If you could get your family back on the same page, then you would be at peace. If you would only read that special self-help book or watch that show that 
supposedly talks about conflict resolution, then you would be at peace. If you would only take up that hobby that you've been putting off for years, well then, you might have some peace. The world promises peace. And those things are all well, fine, and good to do, but none of them will really give us a true, lasting sense of peace in our lives. They're temporary. And just like the 8,000 peace treaties that have been broken between nations, those little peace treaties that we sign with ourselves or with our loved ones or with our co-workers, they all end up being broken in one way or another. You ever heard that little poem that goes, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so? Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, that I, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly Father such as you and me. Friends, it's time that we stop looking for peace in all the wrong places. We know we do it. We want lasting peace in our lives. We want lasting peace among the family. We want lasting peace among friends or in the workplace or in the church. And we seek to try to find that peace within ourselves somewhere or in our own ability to rationalize and figure out the problems, but we're sinful people and we cannot. Peace, lasting peace, it only comes from one place. Our Savior Jesus, and He gives it as the world cannot give. Remember, He promises the peace that He, that he gives to His disciples on that night that He's betrayed. A night that would be filled with anything but peace, but rather fear and anxiety, arrest and trial and blood. He promises this peace to His disciples on a night that would be anything but peaceful. So how can He say this? What does He mean? How can He give it? Well, remember Jesus says, I give to you not as the world gives. And where do we find that peace? We find that peace in that fear-filled night. We find that peace on the cross. We find peace between God and man written, signed in the peace treaty in Jesus' blood itself. God, Jesus comes down and He reconciles us and God. Jesus fixes the problem between the Heavenly Father and between the human race. And with His blood on the cross, Jesus takes away the one thing that keeps you and I from having any kind of lasting peace. And that one thing is sin. It is the root of all problems. It's the root of all evil. It's the root of all brokenness and hurt. And it started back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve looked at that fruit on that tree and they took it and they ate it and in effect, immediately went to war with God. And the reason that there is no peace in our lives, that the reason that there is no peace in the world at its very heart and core is because of this. Our, all, our lives will always be filled with hurt and brokenness and pain and broken peace treaties because of this. And there is nothing that we or anyone or anything else in this world can do about it. 
And this is why the peace that Jesus promises is so important. Because when God would wage His just and holy war on sin, God's plan was not to take that out on you and I, but rather He weighs everything in on His Son, Jesus. And Christ steps in, and He takes the full weight of it. He takes God's full assault. Every cannon barrage that God had intended for sin, He dumps it out on Jesus. And so the peace treaty between us and our Father in Heaven is signed in the blood of Christ. But wait a minute. Pastor, if Jesus took away all that stuff, then why do I still have troubles? Why do I still lack peace in my life even though Jesus died? Did this little plan, did this peace treaty not work? Is this yet another in a long list of the world's broken peace treaties? What good is this peace if I still face trouble? And is, and is this where we get our understanding? This is where we get our understanding of peace mixed up. Because the peace that Jesus gives is not the peace that the world knows how to give. It does not look like it. It does not smell like it. It does not taste like it. The peace that Jesus gives to the world is a peace that the world does not understand. The peace that Jesus gives to you and I is a peace that is in spite of the world. An illustration here would help suffice. I saw a painting one time. It was pretty cool. It wasn't intended to be one of those like seek and find where's Waldo kind of things. But the artist did a number. It's the picture in the the picture is entitled Peace. And what you see in the painting is nothing but a scary scene. It's a seascape. And there's water that is being dashed on the rocks. There's huge waves. There's breakers crashing in and all around. There's thunder and lightning in the sky. And there's wind that is whipping and, and, and tearing at the rocks. And you can't see it right away. You take one look. If you saw it in a gallery, you'd, you'd, you'd be like, what in the world is, is that all about? What is the artist talking about? Peace? doesn't look anything like it. But in the dead center of the painting, and you really got to squint your eyes and scan to see it, in the dead center of that painting, there's a tiny little bird sitting in a nest, tucked safely in a rock. And the storm is raging and wailing all around it. But there she sits in her nest with her chicks, tucked safely in that rock. And as I was thinking about that, and as I was preparing the sermon for today and, and seeing that picture, I thought, what if you repainted that in a different way? If I could paint, and I can't, what would it look like? Well, maybe your eyes in the painting would be drawn to all the troubles and the strife and the difficulties and the hurt maybe in your own life. All the, all the problems and all the worries and all the cares and all the broken peace treaties would be the bulk of the painting. But in the middle, in the center, there would be you or me 
sitting there with a Bible open in hand, reading it. As all the troubles and the trials of the world crashed in and around us, there we have the Word. There we have the peace treaty, the covenant that God promised. There we have His message of peace, just like those angels sang on that night to the shepherds when Jesus was born. Peace on earth. This is that peace. The peace that exists between God and man because of Christ Jesus. Dear friends, this is where the true peace of the world really begins. It begins vertically. Between you and God in heaven. Between you and Christ. Then and only then will we have any true and lasting sense of peace in this life with the storms of, and, the, and the pains and the trial that rage all around us. Think for, another, uh, think for example of, of another illustration and this is how this connects to the whole idea of Pentecost today. What did the disciples do once they were filled with the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures were open to them? They go out and this is the first time Yeah, we saw Peter stand up boldly on many occasions throughout the life and ministry of Jesus, right? We saw him stand up for for himself. We saw him stand up and and get out of the boat and, and try to walk on water out to Jesus. We saw Peter, ever the bold one, saying that he's ready to stand at Jesus' side and die with him. This is the first time in all of the Gospel accounts that the disciples stand up boldly and do it for the right reasons. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. The Scriptures have been opened to them. They know that Christ has come, Christ has died, Christ has risen, that Christ will come back again. And they stand up in the face of this crowd, and Peter and the other eleven stand up in the face of this crowd, the same crowd that not but a short time ago, killed Christ. The same group of people that drove them into hiding for three days. The same ones that had threatened and persecuted them. Now, in the face of all of them, they stand up and proclaim the wonders of God. And they do so because more than anything else, they are filled with the peace that comes from above. The peace that the Holy Spirit brings. The peace that Jesus promised to them on that night that they were betrayed. Somebody asked me the other day, what was the point of all this Pentecost business? What's the big takeaway from it? And it's this. The tongues of fire and the, the speaking of, of, of other languages is but an outward sign. The important thing is that they see here the promise of, promise of Christ Jesus fulfilled. To send the Holy Spirit, the messenger, the counselor of peace. The Greek has an interesting word for the the word advocate there. When Jesus promises to send the advocate. Literally in the Greek, it's parakaleo. Para, parallel. Kaleo, call. Called to the side. Called to your side. The Holy Spirit is called to your side. He is your counselor. He is the advocate. And He doesn't have any self-help strategies. 
He doesn't have any conflict resolutions in, in terms of what the world knows. The Holy Spirit, the Counselor of Peace, comes and proclaims to you one thing and one thing only. The blood of Jesus Christ. The one that made peace between God and man. The Holy Spirit is the one who speaks through the Word to tell us this same thing today. I think oftentimes we look for connections between um, you know, Pentecost and you know, why don't we have these outward signs anymore? Tongues of fire. How come we can't speak in other tongues uh, anymore? How come we can't go out and just randomly start speaking French or something? Would those outward signs help? Maybe, maybe not. In the end, it doesn't matter. We have the same message. We have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same word of peace that Jesus promised. My peace I give you. Jesus promises true and lasting peace. It's not fake. It's not shallow. It's not temporary. It's different. It's the kind of peace that you can look up and even though there's all kinds of things going on in and around your life and even maybe inside you, that you know that you have peace with God because of what Jesus has done. The peace Jesus gives can be clung to and spoken in the face of all the trials and troubles and unrest that is in this world. You can look up and know that you have a God that loves you and a God that forgives you and a God that makes promises after promises to you. And He has the power to fulfill him, fulfill them and He will fulfill them. We have a God that has promised to take us into heaven one day and that is the kind of peace that you and I have. That is the kind of peace, the wonders of God that the disciples proclaimed. This is the peace that we are reminded of at the end of every single sermon. Every single Sunday, may the peace of Christ, which transcends, that is, goes beyond, the peace of Christ that transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds from all the things in this life that are unpeaceful. May this peace that Jesus promised when He said, My peace I give you, always be with you. May your Holy Spirit and the Counselor and your Guide always continue to remind you of that peace through the Word. Amen. That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarksbemidji.org.